Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. If we can just allow every day to bring a new challenge and we can learn something new every day, it's much more likely that we can stay ahead of the machines. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech episode shout out goes to Chris Miles. Chris Miles, thank you for being such a longtime member of the We Are LA Tech community and just championing everything that we do. Really appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Chris on Twitter at Miles Next Door. That's M I L E S N E X T D O O R. Miles Next Door. Let Chris know you found him via We Are LA Tech. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA Tech talent and people so excited for our next guest. Coming at us from the West Side, we have Yasmin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I've been so excited to be on your podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. It's amazing to have a fellow woman in tech in Los Angeles with me. Let's get into it. Sure. So you founded a company called Spotterverse. Tell us a little bit about Spotterverse. Absolutely. And about you. Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure. So I studied um, business management and information systems. I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and moved here about 11 years ago to Los Angeles. Really was always interested in technology, particularly the fact that I can uh, get to work on really cool applications and develop really cool software. Spotterverse was really born out of the necessity I felt in my role uh, when I was hiring a lot of applicants for different types of positions in technology. And I felt like, you know, the whole the, the entire uh, hiring process is very old fashioned in a way, and it hasn't changed much. We're still looking at resumes that are uh, a few pages long, you know, all these documents that we have to go through and read. And a lot of people don't actually get to read those documents. And we spend, if we're being realistic, about six to seven seconds on each resume. And so I thought, you know, there, there has to be a better way. And Spotterverse was born to create a platform that really uses technology and AI to give both applicants and employers tools to help them automate the process a little bit better and, and make the process more efficient. And why were you the person to build this company? You know, it's something a lot of investors ask, like, why is it you that can make this the leading company in, I guess, the AI job space? Sure. So for me, it was 
I was even thinking about it at the beginning as a tool to help myself in my role. And, uh, you know, being a director of technology, hiring software engineers, uh, quality analysts, uh, project managers, I felt like there was a need to automate some parts of the hiring process. And so it really started by me thinking, how can I make my job easier? How can I make the life of all the applicants easier and, you know, give everyone a fair chance without, you know, overlooking some resumes and not being able to review every single one of them? And so I was constantly thinking about a solution and an application that would use AI to help automate certain parts of the process for both sides, for applicants and employers. And I came up with the idea of Spotterverse for it to be a platform where it really allows for applicants to use video technology to talk about who they are so they can put a face to the name instead of having it be uh, just a long document that is your resume and no one reads. It's just, you know, a platform where you can have a profile. You can talk about who you are, what, you know, are your goals and aspirations, and hopefully uh, show a a bit of personality. And where does the AI come into play? So a person, an AI isn't creating the video, right? So where's the AI element? Great question. So AI comes in when an applicant needs to write a pretty powerful resume. For every position that an applicant applies for, there are different sets of skill sets that are important. And so you take a lot of time as an applicant writing that resume, customizing it for each role. And a lot of the times you just end up sending the same resume to every position out there because you just don't have enough time to customize it every single time, right? And so this is where Spotterverse comes in. It takes your qualifications, your background, your experiences, and it also takes a look at the job that you're specifically applying to. And it takes those, combines them, and takes the main key points of a job and regenerates an AI-generated resume that is basically optimized Mm -hmm. for that specific role. And what is your core competency? What is your skill set and then where do you get supported? Meaning, are you the builder? Are you the visionary? Are you the project manager? What are your core skill sets? Sure. I mainly come in when it comes to bringing a project to life, right? So a position right now as a director of technology, I we take on large enterprise-level uh, software application projects, and we really build them from scratch. And so the entire process is usually over overseen and and you know managed by me. And for this specific role, Spotterverse, I found it Spotterverse. So really put everything together in terms of what should it look like for uh, as an, you know as an as an applicant. If you're you know what is your experience as a user, and then how's your experience as an employer using this platform? And so the vision, the mission of it, and uh, the development parts of it, I've um, been involved with. And so I do have a development team that helps uh, develop the technology part of it very hands-on with that myself and uh, really oversee every every little detail, a little too too much of a perfectionist in yeah. that way. I think all us driven women are perfectionists. <laughs> and so was, it, was this your first company or where did you start to become interested in creating a company? This is uh, my first company in uh, technology. That's that's for sure. I've I've had other other companies where I worked, um, you know, to build a an e-commerce platform for a, a clothing uh, line. Some other things that I was interested in, but in technology, this is my first company. But I also always felt like I needed to do something in technology because it's really related to my field. And when was it launched? 
It is going to be launched actually in May. We're thinking uh, May 14th. You've been in the building phase and you've had yes. beta testers? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been testing this for the past six months and constantly building new features. There are actually some features that we haven't even been able to launch yet because we're still working to, to make it perfect. So one of the features is networking, for example. We're still working on building that networking feature within Spotterverse so that you are being introduced to other people within your industry using AI and and what you're interested in. How did you attract your initial beta users for Spotterverse? It was really simply by, you know, uh, posting about it on social media and posting different positions that we really needed for our platform and getting companies to post, recruiting agencies to post open positions just to test it out. And um, that was really the best way for us to advertise and get get people to use it. And how were you able to form those relationships with the recruiting agencies and the different companies? At the beginning, I worked with people I knew. And so I, you know, went to people that I've worked with throughout my career, you know, looking for different types of uh, specialized, you know, highly specialized people in the tech world. Uh, I worked with a lot of recruiting agencies. And so I went to who I knew. I thought that was probably the easiest way for me um, to get to have people uh, try the website and just give me really honest feedback. Something that you mentioned uh, before we started is machine learning and AI is something you're really passionate about and you're specifically passionate about where people are empowered by AI uh, and machine learning versus their jobs are being robbed from them. So (laughs) what is your viewpoint on us having to (laughs) we're starving on the streets because the machines have taken over (laughs) versus it empowers us to do our jobs better? That's an excellent question. I think that's something that we're all thinking about. And so machine learning is a, a subset of AI, a very powerful branch of AI. It really allows machines to look at large sets of data and recognize patterns and, and be able to do what, you know, really mimic what humans can do. And so if you think about it, so let's say a teacher in their career, throughout their career, can look at maybe 10,000 essays. And uh, an ophthalmologist can probably look at 50,000 eyes. Uh, machines can actually look at millions of eyes within minutes. And so, of course, just because of the uh, how big the data set is and how quickly and f- efficiently the machine can actually process data, they can come up with better conclusions faster. They can come up with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, different patterns that they, they, they can recognize within that, those millions of eyes that they looked at. And so it's impossible for us to really think that we can compete with machines in that Mm -hmm. way, especially when it comes to any type of task that is a frequent, high volume type of task. And so I think what it comes down to is really asking ourselves about any position that we are thinking about and we're worried about the future of it, how much can it be reduced to high, you know, frequent, uh, high volume type of tasks and also uh, about the novelty of things. So uh, how much of it relies on how novel the situation is that needs to be handled by that person? And I think this is where humans do a lot better is when we are faced with a novel situation, we can actually make much better decisions. (laughs) You know, we can, without even being given any type of data or have learned something about that situation, we can make better better decisions and, that, totally. you know, and come up with better conclusions. And so the other thing that I 
feel like personally I, um, I, I want to constantly think about is uh, if we can just allow every day to bring a new challenge and we can learn something new every day, it's much more likely that we can stay ahead of the machines. How many people are on the Spotterverse team? So we have an engineering team right now, uh, about five engineers that are working on Spotterverse and, and testing and myself. And, and that's about how <laughs> big our team is right now. But, you know, with some of the features that we'll be building in the future, we're definitely looking into, uh, you know, kind of growing the team. And what is your goal for this year? If you could have anything like without any limitations, what would your goal be? Are you looking to raise? Are you looking to have a certain traction count of people signing up? What is the goal? Potentially. So we're, we're looking at some options right now. But, you know, uh, what's really exciting for Spotterverse is launching in May and getting people to really come on the platform, use it, get to use our AI tools, whether you're an employer, you know, you're looking for an applicant, our AI tools will help you search through LinkedIn using our algorithm that would really speed up the process for you. So it will make the process a lot more efficient, um, if, you know, uh, versus if, if you were to look for that person manually through LinkedIn uh, using, you know, ser searching certain keywords. And so that's a huge accomplishment for us. The other one would be as an applicant, when you're applying for positions, within a few seconds, you get to optimize and really customize your resume for a specific role. And you can get to do that for any role and every role you apply for. And I think that's a huge game changer, too, so that we can have more more opportunities, you know, out there. And especially with all the things that we hear, you know, companies laying off um, people and, you know, AI is taking over certain jobs. It's just it's important to be able to stay on top of, you know, how you present yourself as an applicant. And I'm really excited for Spotterverse to be an opportunity and a tool to, to help people do that. So I think to answer your question, yes, getting as many people as, as I can to, to use Spotterverse and give us good feedback uh, that we can use to help improve the application. And then in terms of raising, that's something that potentially we're looking into. You know, it's so cool. I mean, not that everybody had tech layoffs, but that there were so many tech layoffs. And some people have been in their jobs for 15 years. I mean, they haven't written a resume in forever. So to be able to go to Spotterverse, kind of get, take that edge off and have Spotterverse essentially be your best friend to help you position yourself in, in the strongest way. Right. I, I totally agree yeah. with you. And, you know, and the other thing that you could use is if you really want to stand out from the crowd using the, the video profile feature on Spotterverse that actually goes directly on your resume with one click, they get to see who you are, a bit of personality about your goals, aspirations, mm -hmm. what are your long-term and short-term goals? I think that kind of is like a mini interview hundred percent. you even meet with the, with the employers potentially. And so it's a huge opportunity there to try to stand out. And, you know, the other thing is it's so time-consuming. I mean, it, I can't tell you how many times I've just hated writing a resume. Yeah. <laughs> Any job that you, you're you trying to apply for, you have to write a new one and, you know, customize it in a way, right? And otherwise, it's, it's all based on keyword searches. So it's possible that your resume won't even be looked at totally. if you don't have the right keywords. And Spotterverse gets to do that for you pretty easily within a few seconds. The most underutilized power tool is video, personalized video. And it's not to say a lot of people hype up video in general, but 
if you create a personal video, like take the time to say someone's name and don't mass produce it and people really get to have a vibe about you, whether it's business development, whether it's a job interview, whether it's a community work, that personalized video goes a long way. I totally yeah. agree with you. And the other thing that I like about Spotterverse is that we didn't want Spotterverse to just be for an applicant to showcase who they are, but about a company too. You know, applicants have uh, options now, yeah. you know, and they can choose too. And so I feel like a lot of the times as applicants, we're just maybe blindly applying for positions right. without even knowing what we're you know, getting ourselves into. Right. <laughs> and so Spotterverse allows for a profile for a company too to come on there, post their videos, who they are who would be the best, you know, fit for their culture and really showcase their company culture. That's something that, you know, if, uh, you know, if anyone's looking for a job would be probably interested to know about. Yeah. What are some things in an interview that we should do and some things we should avoid doing? Well, one of the main things that I recently actually talked about um, on my Instagram is really not being prepared enough to ask any questions at the end of an interview. And that can be a huge turnoff. And even when I posted about it, a lot of people reached out to me saying, well, I don't feel comfortable asking because maybe it's not, you know, it's really none of my business. Yeah. I'm not in this role to ask about these yeah. things. And so it might come across as I'm nosy. But, you know, the, the truth is, it is your business and you're there for that reason. It really stands out when you have researched the company, know what they do, have great questions to ask. And it's really impressive versus if you don't have anything to add at the end of an interview, it just seems like you're not invested. You're not really interested. Yeah. Not not really engaged enough to have, uh, you know, gone, you know, through some research and uh, learned about what, what the company is trying to do. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a big no-no if you don't have a question. Some of the other things I would say is really being prepared to speak to anything that's on the resume. A lot of the times a resume looks really good, but at an interview, a hiring manager will look at everything and then just want some kind of an explanation as to, okay, so tell me about this role. Tell me about, you know, how did you manage this project? How did you accomplish all these tasks? And when there's really no answer there, it just seems like it's a really great resume, but not really the right fit right. in terms of the person uh, filling the role. And so being really prepared, um, answering, uh, you know, any type of roles that you've had, being able to speak to it and give really good examples and also reviewing the job description. A lot of details are actually in the job description, converting those key points into questions and having good examples. I think that's a huge, uh, you know, a really important factor when it comes to accomplishing um, success at an interview. So one of the things that's really challenging is I find that women don't ask for our worth as much as men do. Sometimes they don't even concern themselves on whether they can do the job or not. They're just more comfortable in asking. How do we get paid what we deserve? Right. No, I, I definitely see that. And so a lot of the times women don't even apply for a position if they don't meet every single requirement on a job description. You know, I just want to kind of bring a little awareness to this, yeah. that if you don't have every single requirement, you can still apply for a role. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not qualified. There could be a lot of other experiences and qualifications that you have that you can bring to this role. One of the other things, you know, touching on your point of salary negotiations, I see women or a lot less women negotiate salary. 
salaries at the beginning of accepting an offer. And so I think it's really important to understand what the company has budgeted for that specific role and even ask. And uh, a lot of women simply just don't ask. <laughs> and if you ask about a budget, it gives you a really good idea as to what you know the company is able to offer for the role and just position yourself nicely within that range. Versus what I see is, um, you know, a lot of women have a specific range in mind, but a lot of the times they say things like, uh, you know, the money is not important or I'm not, you know, interviewing because of the money. And I think that's just such a wrong answer because the money is important. You know, it's important to get the right salary for the work that you're doing. And so when you lead with that answer, it's almost like you don't feel like you deserve a good salary. And yeah. so, of course, in that situation, a lot of the times I see women get kind of the lower end of a range that has been budgeted for the role. And I think that's a huge mistake. So always do your research, you know, be prepared to give a range. And if you don't want to give a range, which I actually like, be comfortable asking about what their range is. And that gives you a great idea to be able to position yourself nicely within the range. When did you first become interested in technology itself? That's a great question. So the first year of university, I actually went into a major in kinesiology. I thought that I was going to become a dentist and really wow. uh, focusing that's, on that's uh, not AI. You know, <laughs> dentistry schools. And uh, so when I started, I just felt like as I was getting you know, uh, closer to kind of figuring out which school and which kind of path to go to, I felt like, you know what? I'm, I'm really more interested in technology. I, I love the fact that I can, you know, focus on building really cool applications from anywhere in the world. And I wouldn't be, uh, you know, kind of tied into going to an office every single day. And I loved that. And so it really <laughs> made me become more and more interested in technology. I switched my major to business at that time and I studied business management and after that my uh, master's in um, information systems. And I felt like this was you know, the role for me. When I started looking for positions after that in Toronto, I felt like you know, I can even explore opportunities outside of the city I, was, you know, I grew up in. California was a huge technology hub and I considered positions here and applied for roles. And luckily I was able to get a, get a role here and uh, Moved, moved here in, I think it was 2011 when I moved to, to Los Angeles. So it's actually Orange County first. But Oh, cool. Yeah. Who is someone in LA tech, either a person or a company who's you've come across lately who's really impressed you? Uh, your company, you. <laughs> oh my God, that's very sweet of you. No, it's really amazing to see when I came across your podcast, I actually was really excited to get to know a lot of women, a lot of powerful women and listen to how amazing um, just the LA community is. If someone were just moving to L.A., like they just got to LAX, what would you recommend they do to immerse themselves in the tech community here? That's an excellent question. I think just really getting out there. Um, for me, it was getting to know people through different meetup groups, really, at the beginning when I started my career here, and um, really being part of great software engineering groups or uh, you know project management groups is where I, I really started for myself. And I uh, got to know a lot of people, and I highly recommend going on meetup.com and uh, you know searching for groups that you, you identify with the most. So just like going on meetup and typing in software engineer and is it are there is there a particular one that comes to mind or do you just kind of go to a variety of different ones? I would say a variety of different ones, depending on what I'm, you know, working with also, different types of technology. Sometimes I would look for, you know, as an example, Salesforce group, for example, yeah. and you know, um, different types of technology. It's very 
interesting to see very niche groups. And so I think you can find um, very specific groups on there. And Salesforce has a huge learning curve. What would you recommend we tap into in order to kind of like lighten the learning curve for Salesforce? Sure. So for Salesforce development, I see a lot of uh, Salesforce administrators get into development. Um, So if, uh, you know, kind of working with configuring Salesforce and kind of starting there uh, would be a good way to get started if you wanted to become a developer, for example, for Salesforce. What is your favorite restaurant to eat at in LA? That's a great question. Oh my God, there's just so many. Um, I want to say Baltares is, is one of my you know go-tos. Really love it. And then uh, Nobu, but that's not directly in LA, is it? I guess it's in Malibu. No, like, no, that's fine. That okay. counts. No, Nobu's amazing sushi. Yeah, it's really cool. And Baltares, what kind of food is that? I think it's a steakhouse. Steakhouse? Yeah. Yummy. And are you a hiker? I definitely am. Okay, yeah. so which which one should we be checking out? Okay, so there are a lot of hikes. In... Sometimes I ask that question, and someone's like, "I don't, I don't hike." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good question. Uh, so there are a lot of easier hikes, <laughs> depending on if you're going there. You know, if you're going hiking for the exercise or for the view, just the chill, the view. So I'll tell you the my most favorite one yeah. that has like kind of both. Yeah. Um, it's actually in Crystal Cove. So it's in Ooh. Orange County, not necessarily in LA, That's but okay. it's beautiful. And it's uh, a good amount of, you know, hiking and exercise and a beautiful ocean view. So I highly, highly recommend it. There's so many great activities that I find through different LA specific accounts. Um, what is an activity you think we should all be trying? For someone who's been in LA for about the past, you know, 10, 11 years, yeah. I still... I'm constantly looking for new things to do mm. in LA, but some of my favorite things are just relaxing by the beach. Yeah, you know, and just it's underrated. Right. Yes, and just going and it's to, free. Right, and so <laughs> so if you think about it, so I grew up in Toronto, right? It's super cold, right? And yeah. so for probably uh, eight or nine months out of the year, it's just yeah. really cold, snowing, snowstorms, all of that. So. This is kind of like a vacation for me. <laughs> so I love going by the beach and just like enjoying the weather. I love that it doesn't get too cold in the winter. You know, I love walking around in Santa Monica, you know, and just really enjoying the weather. It doesn't have to be something too complicated. It's just the beauty of nature. I agree. I totally agree. What is some advice you've gotten in your career that has really helped propel you forward? Being flexible, being able, you know, able to change and uh, having the mindset of it's important to change. Not only (laughs) I think it's necessary and a lot of people just don't want to change necessarily. And so for me, being adaptable uh, to a new technology, a new situation, a new environment has been very important. Any type of a leadership role that I was able to achieve and, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, really excel at, I would say it's because I was able to change and I was able to step into a role that was very different than what I did. Um, but, but you know, uh, I was able to do that. And so I think it's really important to be open-minded and really grow with the environment, whatever that brings you. A hundred percent. A selfish question. And so the answer can't be Spotterverse. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite software? Well, I think for me... I can talk to you about what I use a lot. I mean, I use Salesforce a lot uh, for a lot of things. I think it's very customizable. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of Salesforce. But there are a lot of new, you know, kind of custom applications that are being built every day and, uh, you know, probably performing better than Salesforce do. <laughs> so, but in terms of apps, I feel like I use a lot of different apps on a daily. For editing, for example, yeah. I use CapCut. 
uh, Cap a lot cut. Tell us. For, for Instagram. It's just, yeah. you know, you, you easily get to edit your videos. InShot is another one. And uh, as I'm trying to become more and more, you know, active yeah. on social media, I've learned that those apps really, really help me. What is a book you recommend? Can be business or personal? A really great book that I recently read is called Machine See, Machine Do. Ooh, and it really nice. t- <laughs> it talks about, you know, the bias in AI. And it's really because of the data that, it, that you know, AI was given. So AI in itself can't be biased. It, right. You know, it works based on data sets, right? And so if the data it's given is biased, then the outcome will, of course, be biased. And so I think it's a really, really interesting book. Uh, highly recommend. That's a good recommendation recommendation. Wait, come here. Say this yeah. is cool. This is a really so good question. <laughs> we have a live audience over here. We have Ben, um, who is our next podcast guest. I'm so excited. And Ben has our final question um, for Yasmin. Go for it. Come yeah. come over to my mic. So really I'll, close. Me. So yeah. um, looking at Spotiverse, um, one of the things that really has stood out for me is the ability to incorporate keywords into the application. Sure. Uh, what brought you to that? Because I know after after grad school, applying a bunch of jobs, that was one of the parts for me that I really had trouble knowing how to uh, incorporate and, and put in my resume. So sure. with that, I mean. Yeah. yeah, that's actually an excellent question. And that is um, one of the main ways that recruiters and hiring managers look through applications easily, right? So they just keyword search what they're looking for. If they see it, great. If they don't see it, they move on, right? And so uh, it's a, it, it's incredibly time consuming because every position has its own set of skill set. And uh, of course, with that comes keywords that you have to really focus on and spend a lot of time writing, right? And so Spotterverse has the unique ability to understand what those keywords are using AI. And so you don't have to do the manual work. You just copy and paste the job description, it will automatically understand, recognize what those key points are. It will rewrite and generate a new resume for you within seconds. And so it also gives you the ability to add to it. And of course, you know, of course, you will always know better than AI what you do and what you specialize in, but it will be really a good tool to help you realize what's really important for this specific role within seconds. And then, of course, you can add your own, you know, qualifications and skills to it. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Sure. That's a great question. That was an excellent hey. question. Yeah, that was a really good question. Thank you, Ben. Um, shout it. It's cherrypayments.com. Uh, cherrysubscription.com. Cherrysubscription.com. Cherrysubscription. Okay, Cherry. so it's cherrysubscription.com. Shout out to Ben. Hey. He's going to be our next Thanks guest. Thanks for the great question. I love it. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. Be sure to connect and collaborate with the LA Tech community by going to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you talk to you all the things in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Yasmin Kay, the founder of Spotterverse. Spotterverse is a platform where it allows you to use AI technology to find better matches for your positions based in West Side of LA. And you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.